to Cabra Matters, uh, because Cabra Matters to God and to us. Uh, I'm Rob, I'm joined by Will, Hien and Rena, and this week we are looking at uh, Just the Facts, ma'am, and Inside Out. These are uh, two chapters which um, yeah found quite helpful again, uh, and just a reminder as to why we're going through this book, uh, Tactics, we're going through it because we're trying to help our people be more confident in connecting with people they don't know. Um, it's always a bit daunting talking to strangers. Uh, or how do we bring conversations to a deeper level, uh, especially with people that we've already shared the gospel with? So we're trying to help empower our people to connect others to Christ at the end of the day. That's why we're doing this. And uh, this book gives us just a series of different ways to navigate conversations. So we hope that if you've been following and tracking along, that it's been helpful for you as it has been for us. And this week, we're going to dive into uh, just the facts and inside out. Now, uh, I thought just as a way to start, uh, we'll just open up by sharing what is it that uh, we liked about this chapter. Uh, I can go first. Um, What I liked about it was um, in the just the facts section, it's just a helpful reminder on sometimes when we're dealing with lots of information or uh, if we're dealing with people who, I guess, have misinformation, uh, this is just a, a great reminder as to, okay, how do we clarify things? So, um, for example, in the COVID situation, there's a lot of information out there. What are the facts? Like, it's just, there's just a way of kind of clarifying and uh, making things uh, a little bit clearer as to um, what's actually true. And then from there, I can decide what's the kind of wise thing to do. So that, um, that was the one thing from that chapter that I appreciated. Uh, but over, over to the rest of us, uh, what were some other kind of things that uh, we appreciated uh, from this chapter? Uh, how about we start with uh, you, Will, and then uh, we'll, we'll knock it around from there. Yeah, I think um, with just the facts, um, uh, what I found helpful was that he pointed out that a lot of people, when they have challenge, when they have challenges about the Christian faith, um, it's based off like bad information um, or just generalized claims. So, like, and he gave some examples, like you know, there's uh more violence and wars caused by religion right and so religion's bad and so he's just like well if you look at the facts of history that's not the case and then you know you just quickly google it and you can see that there's more violence and death caused by you know um atheistic dictatorships than than caused by religion and you know there's 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 the numbers out there and you just provide the numbers you know um, so I, I find that like kind of helpful going, okay, if people have challenges against the Christian faith, especially around the resurrection, um, then you can just go, yeah, like, well, let's, let's talk about the facts, what happened there. Um, so I found, I found that, that kind of comforting, I guess, knowing that, um, yeah, our, our faith is, is not, not like a, you know, in the dark leap of faith, but it's also based off historical factual information. Hmm. Yeah, I like I like the chapter because uh, Greg has a lot of examples um, that he's already researched, <laughs> a lot of facts that he's already already researched. So, so just if anything, um, yeah, if uh, it's like 
I can go to this as a library <laughs> of facts. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to research it. But I think it's only meant that thinking about moving forward is it's a good start um, yeah. to finding some facts and then for other facts I can do some more research. So I found that helpful. Yeah, it's like personally challenging that these are some of the things I have heard about or instinctively know, but I probably can't quote the same, the facts um, that he does with the preciseness and conciseness, which is helpful. So it was a personal reminder for me to be bold and not shy away from learning those things and um, having them ready to bring up should you, should you need to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like, when I was reading the chapter as well, I felt like, because he had two steps, right? Like, as in, he's like, okay, you've got to understand their claim. And then if you know the, the actual facts, then you can defeat their claim, right? So, like, the example of the more wars in religion, right? Um, and then if you know the facts, then you can defeat it and go, oh, actually, you're wrong, right? Or, or he had another example about, like, the American founding fathers. They're not Christian. And it's like, no, actually, 51 out of the 54 were christian only three of them were deus right and once he pointed that out factually the guy who was challenging him was like oh silent because he couldn't say anything else because he knew it was true mm -hmm. um, so but for me i felt like that's pretty daunting because it's like oh well, what if i don't know the facts yeah <laughs> what do i do then you know yeah. um and so i thought about it and i was like oh my reflection would be okay if i don't know the facts then i can ask them like colombo them and ask them to to support their claim right with with their facts and then I'll be like, oh, okay, so you have these these facts, blah, blah, blah. Okay, give me some time. I'm going to have a look. And then you can just Google something or whatever and find out yourself. And then you can continue the conversation later and go, oh, actually, I did some research. And it seems like my research concluded with this instead and these set of facts. And then I guess you can continue it there. So I thought, yeah, you know, it's good if it's handy if you know it. But if you don't know it, it's still okay. You can ask them to support their point. They might not be able to. Um, and if they can, then you can go do some research, you know? So mm. I've, I found that like, I think that's what the, how the book has helped me going. I don't have to know everything or know how to answer straight away. It's okay to go, Oh, you give me something to think about. I'll go and do some research and get back to you. If, if you, if you don't mind, um, cause you can continue that. Yeah. Cause like if we had to prepare for everything and know all the facts, it'd be so daunting. Like we'd never get out there and actually share the gospel or engage with yeah. people. Yeah. We feel like we need to meet every challenge. But if we do know it, then that's good. And if you've had that conversation um, and you need to do some more research, then by all means, please do. <laughs> um, yeah. You'll actually yeah, make it more persuasive. Um, I found myself when I was reading the bit about the um, Christian, like religions uh, causing more wars. As soon as I read that, I just thought, oh, like I felt a sinking feeling and just kind of unsettled. I'm like, oh, is that true? Is that not true? Um, certainly when you come across different passages in the Bible about um, you know, devoting uh, people groups to destruction. I was just like, wow, that sounds pretty uh, intense. And also that potentially is where people will level criticisms against Christianity. Uh, but then it was also helpful. Just, I found myself being persuaded, like when I read the next page of, oh, here are all the facts. I'm like, actually, yeah, World War One, World War Two, Pol Pot in, the, um, in, in Cambodia, um, the Russian, like Soviet Union, all those kind of uh, wars that have just happened even just in like the past century. You're like, wow, like, actually, doesn't seem like it, that statement, that claim is true. Um, and the fact that he used really precise and concise, like you mentioned, Rena, like um, facts was really, really helpful in uh, persuading uh, me. 
Um, and so I guess that like his approach would be um, like two things he would say. Uh, one is work out what the claim is. And so in this example, it's the uh, more like religions uh, have caused more wars uh, than any, um, what is it, than anyone or, ah, religion has caused more wars and bloodshed than anything else in history. That's the claim kind of distilled. And so that's one, work out their claim. Second is then assess the factual accuracy of the claim. Uh, that's quite wordy. Uh, how I like to remember this in my own words is just, is that claim true? What's it based on? Um, essentially. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess it takes, it's, I guess it'd be hard if you're, the thing to look out for is when someone's talking to us to actually identify what the claim is, um, listen carefully for that, and then afterwards assess whether it's true. Uh, and then if you don't know the answer, you can Columbo them back. If you do know the answer, then you can bring out the facts. Um, I guess the thing I would add to this would just be, uh, it's easy to be, uh, I hate to say it, but like to be the jerk that just argues against someone. Um, so I think it takes a bit of like wisdom again, like relationally, like we want to bring out the facts if that's what will help persuade the person. Um, but if it's becoming like a heated conversation, then perhaps it means stepping back, dialing back. Um, because if you know, the other person gets angry or if people are upset, then you lose. And sometimes um, some people aren't even convinced by the facts, like they'll be convinced yeah. that they have the right facts. So you, you really do have to have the wisdom to choose your battles, know the person well. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, um, it's like facts and there's also relevant facts. Mm. <laughs> is, is their facts relevant? Sometimes a claim doesn't follow from the factual information. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was reflecting on this as well. I think it's like useful within Christian circles as well. Mm. So I think sometimes, have you ever been in a conversation where, where someone asks you a question about like what the Bible says, and then you talk about the, like you talk about what the Bible says, but then you don't actually open the passage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then yeah. this, this helps, right? Like I work out the claim, assess the factual accuracy. Like, does the Bible actually say that? Let's look at the passage. Mm. And then what does yeah, the Bible yeah. actually say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause our memories fail us. Like, or sometimes we believe God's word is saying something, but when we actually look at the Bible closely, it's like, oh, our framework actually changes. Yeah. yeah it's a powerful um uh witness to like that you're actually going to the bible with them together mm. at the same time wouldn't that be hard with like um like sort of harder topics that the bible doesn't talk about mm. so the immediate one i could think of is dating uh like dating isn't a word that's used in the bible it's not like the bible explicitly talks about dating but you can get a, the God's framework for dating. When you look at what does the Bible say about singleness, uh, about marriage, uh, about sex, and then from there you can kind of draw on all that to form a framework for how to answer uh, dating. Uh, that would, I guess, you could do that in an unhelpful manner in you know Bible bashing someone. Uh, but if you have open hearts, open Bibles, posture of humility, I'm sure you'll get somewhere. <laughs> Um, the other, uh, if the other thing that, um, I found if we're happy to, uh, jump to the next chapter, um, the other thing I found helpful in this, uh, reading this time was, um, when he talks about inside out, I was like, Hey, that's a really good movie. And B, uh, it's, it's kind of like saying we have inside, like 
we have like God has made us a certain way and whether we kind of like to admit it or not that's that's kind of there like I know this is probably not the way that he'll put it it's just how I remember it um, for example like we are inherently sinful uh, whether we like to admit it or not uh, that's just true um, we have uh, where our souls are restless for example like we're looking for something we're looking for satisfaction um, yeah like uh, I found that bit kind of just helpful in pointing out so initially it was a bit unclear what was he trying to say with inside out I think this is what he's saying it's listen carefully for where the other person is at and then kind of identify that and then speak to that get them to kind of open up um, but I'm glad it's not just me uh, please clarify guys uh, what what's he saying when it comes to inside out how did it help you what did you like about that chapter yeah, I think the way I, I like to remember it is, um, I think he's, the point he's making is that the Christian worldview has better explanatory power than other worldviews. Hmm. And people might hold, like, for example, an atheistic worldview, um, but then they don't actually live it out. So I think there's connection there between um, this chapter and practical suicide chapter, hmm. um, where it's actually the view, if you live it out, you can't live it out consistently. Um, and that made me think of uh, like a testimony of a minister. Um, probably shouldn't name him because I might be wrong. But anyway, he was talking about his how he became Christian. And he used to be atheist, right? Um, and then he was atheist, went to uni, studied, and then, and then some Christians tried to ask him about like, I read the Bible with them and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, nah, they believe in God. And then, and then I think one of his parents had cancer. And then he's like, if I'm atheist, I, like, I should I shouldn't be, like, that moved emotionally about it because mm. death is just natural, like that's what happens. Mm. But why do I hate cancer? Why do I hate, like, one of my parents dying? Um, and then that made him go, I can't live consistently as an atheist. Mm. And then and then that and then the you know, reading the Bible helped him to realize that the Christian worldview actually makes sense of this world better than any other worldview um, and that Jesus offers something better yeah so I think I think that's what what um this chapter is trying to pull out that yeah there's there's something within us and it's I think it's just applying the Bible principles right that we're made in the image of God that Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has impressed eternity on on humans hearts um, and then that no one is righteous the world is fallen and so everyone kind of knows that and and sometimes we can try to deny it with our with our reasoning um but when push comes to shove you know if you believe that moral morals are relativistic but then someone breaks into your house and steals your stuff you get angry mm. <laughs> right <laughs> you want justice yeah it just comes out so i think that's why he's calling it inside out because it just it comes out in your life from the inside that's already been inside you and it just comes out you're like yeah you know i feel morally indignant about this mm. um and even and so you can't you know live out the relativistic life mm. yeah I, I agree with that and uh, i think for me um i've always because you know I, I like romans and i always <laughs> go to that uh, chapter one romans where uh we're given over to depravity and we do what we want to do and but in the end you know god is god is still sovereign so 
So when talking to someone who denies all that or wants to be atheist or whatever else the world do is that denies God, um, I always think to myself, there is something deep down in them that doesn't sit well and, and they act the way they act uh, or they have because uh, they want to reject God and they do anything to reject God. But there'll be a day when crisis comes into the life, like what we were saying. Maybe a, a, someone dies, a close member of the family has some a term, terminal illness. Mm. So there will come a day when crisis comes in life and they'll, they'll, they'll jump ship, but they'll, they'll, they'll want to jump ship because uh, they want that this is not the right thing for them or this doesn't help them live mm. the way that they're supposed to have ideals of living. Mm. Yeah. And like, I mean, <laughs> Uh, watching some uh, some American uh, uh, university student cast asked about the, the politics of the day, and one thing was, uh, you know, they uh, agreed to uh, healthcare for everyone, and then uh, they asked, okay, they, they do want healthcare for everyone, and you know, the government should give should should give healthcare for everyone, and then they asked, well, would you be willing to pay this much money for it? And they said. No, I don't have that because <laughs> it takes the whole, like, you know, the whole population to pay to pay a certain amount of money for everyone to get free healthcare. Mm. And they said, no, I can't do that. So when it comes to the crunch, this inside-out sort of like, you know, exposes their, their faulty thinking. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, it certainly reminded me of, like, he talks about restlessness and our souls being restless. And then, um, yeah, he really just actually, like I resonated with that point. It just reminded me of what my journey was like before following Jesus. Um, when I look back, like I, I would describe it as uh, I was searching for closeness to people um, and like intimacy and connection, but never really kind of found it in anyone. Um, and yeah, I kept looking in the wrong places for that. Like I looked to drinking, I looked at parties, I looked to uh, you know, non-Christian friends, friendship, uh, and like all those things, like, um, which aren't bad in and of themselves, but kind of seeking satisfaction in that wasn't actually what would give my soul rest. And, uh, he quotes this guy called Augustine, which is like this really massive theological thinker from the like 300 to 400 years after Jesus. And he writes this, uh, he, he has this quote, which says, our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. I was like, yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> I've found in my experience, um, following Jesus, like satisfies my soul. Like it means like, oh, actually he's my top priority. It's not like drinking will satisfy me. It's not like, um, having good friends is good. But then at the end of the day, it's not like having good friends will make me feel intimate or close or at peace. Like at the end of the day, it's having a relationship with Jesus that gives me peace and rest and comfort um, for good times and hard times. Um, I find it just, yeah, fascinating because like that's, that was kind of inside our journey for me. Um, and uh, the, um, another kind of helpful quote, um, which I found was, came across in the past was, the greatest difficulty in conversion is to win the heart to God. And the greatest difficulty after conversion is to keep the heart with God. Uh, which is just kind of saying, well, before I, before following Jesus, um, he's actually who I need. 
And after following Jesus, oh, it's easy to stray away from him, but he's actually, again, who I need. Um, and so, yeah, I reckon if I could talk to myself back then uh, and listen to, I guess, what I like listening to the inside out, like listening to who, um, if I was to have a conversation with myself, uh, I would listen out for, oh, what's this person searching for? Uh, what will actually give this person rest? Um, and then hopefully be, from there, be able to guide them to the answers in the gospel. Because uh, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, it's God and his word that will truly kind of satisfy our souls. Yeah, that's, that's my journey. Um, other reflections, other thoughts, experiences you guys would like to share? If not, um, there was just one last thing uh, that uh, I thought um, I thought would be good for us to uh, just um, share briefly, and we've kind of been doing this anyway. It's just like, how has this book been helping us? Like, I guess uh, from the uh, one one thing that I've been kind of realizing as we've been going through this book again, it's just how it helps us to be more confident. Like, I find talking to people who don't know Jesus quite daunting, but like it's, it's, it's certainly not too scary if you know what to do. Uh, it's not like you go home and kind of plan like a roadmap on your on your corkboard and like a decision tree. No, like some of this is just hopefully as we keep practicing it, it will just become intuitive. Um, if we don't know the answers, we can always Columbo people. If we do know the answers, you can bring out the facts. Like, um, and then yeah, hopefully from there you can you can go somewhere. And ev again, eventually, hopefully the end point is reading the Bible with someone so that we're letting God speak through his word to someone who doesn't know Jesus. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely waiting to try this out soon. Uh, lockdown is good and hard, <laughs> actually probably more just hard, uh, good in some ways. Uh, but hopefully as it, restrictions ease, as we get to get out and about again, uh, as we get to engage with our neighbors, we'll be able to uh, yep, use, implement and practice these tactics you know, so that we can connect with our neighbors and bring them the good news. Yeah, I think it'd be good to just kind of think about, um, like reflect and think about the people you're connecting with mm. and trying to change one of those topics of connections into a, like a question. Uh, but I can't, like this is really rough at the moment. Like I was toying around with, someone else um, brought this up before and they were like, you could ask a question like, you know, how do you deal with your guilty feelings? Right, because that, that's just playing on the fact that everyone feels guilty at some point that they know that they haven't lived up to a particular standard mm. um, but how do they deal with it a lot of people just ignore it right mm. um, so so we could talk about that um, or you can go you know um, what do you what do you think would really satisfy you right and that, that's the restless souls one mm. um, or, or like you know like do you think this world is is fair like what do you think about what do you make of it and that's a that's about like the justice thing or like yeah why why do you think we should look after this world and this and this planet now if like if, if there's an atheist right like why, why do you think we should actually look after this world mm. um yeah so just thinking about like yeah why don't we think about yeah how, how can we maybe try to bring up these topics to discuss how they think about it how they process it um and just be a learner and then see see where that takes you and then maybe they might ask you oh how do you deal with your guilty feelings oh let me tell you about jesus <laughs> yeah.
They almost sound like a, what do you call it? Like, this could be like a question that you can print out on a hoodie <laughs> and then just walk around uni campus and ask. Hopefully then you can strike up conversations. Uh, but I guess it doesn't need to be restricted to that. Like it could just, it could be just something that yeah, we, we bring up in conversations. Um, could be a formal one, could be a casual one. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, final comments? If not, uh, we hope you have benefited from this week's reflections on tactics. Uh, next week, uh, we, I think is our last one potentially. It's called Mini Tactics and More Sweat. Uh, and then after that, we might just have like one final one to look at the whole thing and just to wrap it all up, see how it's, in, it's helped us. So two more. Um, hope this has been helpful for you in connecting with our neighbors. Uh, we pray that um, both for you listening in and our church that we'd be able to keep sharing the good news of Jesus regardless of the circumstances um, you know may we keep persevering in the work of the Lord in making and maturing disciples in his name uh, so thank you for joining us uh, we hope you can tune in with us next time